Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Woo What Where podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCabe, manifestation and movement coach. I'm so happy you made it here. This is a place for unconventional conversation, a place to question everything and be open to anything. This podcast is a space for discussion surrounding personal development, health and well-being, spirituality, and ultimately the pursuit of joy. I encourage you to stay open-minded and discerning while we explore all things woo. Let's go. All right. Okay. Well, hello, Leslie. Good morning. And here's your official welcome to the Woo What Wear podcast. Woo. Before we get started, there's two questions that I like to ask my guests. You might know them if you've listened to some of the episodes. Actually, I only listened to the ones with you because okay. I didn't want to be influenced. Ah, good for you. Um, okay, so the questions are, first, I'll ask you, what has something that has made you smile recently? I was very, I was having a bit of a smiley night two nights ago. I went to the climbing gym, was feeling very excitable, getting mm. back to climb time. And then I had a little like intense EDM dance party in the kitchen afterwards. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll do it. When I should have been like probably like doing dishes or something. And so mm-hmm. just quick dance party. Quick dance party. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Next question. What does manifestation mean to you? Um, my like basic and unstudied idea of manifestation is like similar to intention but it has like a bit more weight to it intention I feel like you can use a little bit more lightly yeah I would have like some sort of combination of like intention and plan and ritual to it that's maybe all I have any intelligent things I have to say that's perfect yeah 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 Yeah. I think that like it's a process intention action plan yeah 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 Hmm. how about are you going to share what what has made you smile recently oh reverse question (laughs) um I had a big karaoke party with my mom and uh her side of the family for Christmas and that alone was making me smile but it was really funny because a couple of our like family members who were like not wanting to participate at all I kept like being like no like sing a song and then like finally got them to come in the room and then eventually like we all (laughs) sung a song together and then like one of my uncles specifically then he was like a karaoke star was born and he couldn't put down the mic (laughs) and it was like a total like 180 and it was so funny and just like the rest of the family was all just like what is happening like just (laughs) loving it and like it was like three in the morning and they had to drive home like his wife was DDing (laughs) and he didn't want to go he's like one more song (laughs) and it was just really cute seeing like that transition that's really fun Thanks yeah. for sharing that cute story. So cute. <laughs> okay, well, let's jump right into it. So we're going to talk about um, TRE today. And if you want to just give yourself like a little introduction, like who you are, what you're up to, how you 
like a brief little how you got to where you are. That would be awesome. Cool. <laughs> everything, everything, <laughs> give it. me everything. So I'm a TRE provider, which means that I've done a little bit of training to kind of like safely and responsibly guide other people in their TRE practice, which I'm assuming we can get to the definition Mm -hmm. in a little bit. And I've done a couple of additional trainings after the basic certification. And I learned about TRE Googling around on the internet about vagal tone. I was learning about nervous system stuff and I wanted to improve the state of my nervous system. That was Mm -hmm. one of the things I found. And I found it and started practicing when I was in my yoga teacher training. Mm. So I was like doing YTT, but then also discovering this other thing on my own. And then I, I practiced on my own for a while. And then I went and did training to become a provider about two or three years later. So I discovered it the winter of 2015, 2016. And then I was certified by the summer of 2019. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't been providing for as long as I've been teaching yoga, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been practicing TRE for quite a long time now. Yeah, that's the short version. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so you said, so when did you do your YTT? I finished it in the spring of 2016. Okay. And so you were kind of like, is that when you were sort of learning about the nervous system and then you decided to dive deeper and. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also in therapy and learning about trauma as well. So I was like coming at it from two ends, like a personal perspective, like wanting healing for myself. And like I had been, I had previously done some EMDR therapy. So I was like already thinking about like it's obvious that healing has to involve the body, not just mind. For and those emotion. who don't know EDMR, it's like a fairly popular modality that registered psychotherapists can offer their clients. Okay, gotcha. EMDR. And it has to do with bilateral stimulation, like moving your eyes left and right. Okay, yeah. And then you you go into your traumatic memories and or gotcha. or anything that you want to work on yeah it's pretty popular and it's pretty efficacious uh in terms of like there's evidence that it is very effective but Mm -hmm. not a lot of like full understanding on what's going on why is it effective yeah there's a few different theories but in any case so you were doing that as well I was doing that but the point was just that I had been thinking about healing in terms of physical in addition to mental and emotional and the other aspect getting to that point of like okay we can't just heal by separating the physical and the mental and the emotional body we got to do it all together yeah yeah exactly okay well I feel like that's a good segue into take us through what is TRE what does it mean what's it all about sure so it stands for tension or trauma release exercises and it was kind of a practice synthesized kind of like put together and popularized by a guy named Dr. David Berselli uh, and for people who are curious he has a great YouTube channel full of adventure for the deep divers on YouTube I'll put a link in the notes okay and his background was like massage therapy 
social work, kind of like crisis and conflict intervention and resolution and emergency response. He's pretty like broad spectrum guy when it comes to his education and his work. But um, in the crisis situations where he was there doing humanitarian work, he would notice people during the moments of crisis spontaneously trembling, their bodies would mm-hmm. tremble. And there was like a bit of a age group skew. He would see the younger a person was, the more likely it was that they were going to tremble. So it was a lot of kids trembling, a lot of adults not trembling. Mm-hmm. And he felt himself like, I feel that my body wants to do that. Right. Specifically, the the circumstance was being in a bomb shelter in an area that was experiencing civil war. And he chatted with the parents who were also not trembling and they all kind of agreed like, yeah, we want to, but we're not doing it because we don't want our kids to be scared mm-hmm. any more than they already are. And we don't want to seem like we are, we don't have it together or whatever. So he kind of clued in like, okay, there seems to be something natural about that process. And there's some existing work already about this trembling that happens when you're scared or stressed or shocked or hurt or whatever. And there's many different iterations where shaking is a medicinal practice in many cultures all over the world. So it's not new that that mechanism is used for healing, but I guess what the kind of contribution of TRE is that it is intentionally not connected to any particular cultural worldview mm-hmm. and can be integrated into other worldviews. If you, I mean, coming from learning it in the West and learning it from Western trainers and teachers, there's a bit of a like lens of wanting to see it through science and neurophysiology through a science lens. And that's useful. And that I love trying to understand in that way. So the practice of TRE is to like do a few moves, do a few exercises, and then head into your tremors. And these are tremors that many people may have experienced or could experience kind of like during or after a stressful event as like a natural bodied response to move through the stress energy if you are unable to do one of your active stress responses you know them fight and flight mm-hmm. if you don't get to act out that energy has been rallied in your body but it doesn't have an outlet it doesn't have a way of moving through and doing something if you can't fight back or you can't run away so the practice of tre lets you kind of like work through energy that's been built up in your body but never had a chance to kind of go out and you can encounter that tremor time in a controlled way in a safe way in an intentional way you don't have to like go get stressed out again in order to bring the tremors on there's a different way of bringing them on and a different way of experiencing yeah what your body can do okay yeah do you Um, remember very much what it was like when you tried it (laughs) yeah I do so I guess that would have been 2020 the summer of 2020 yep, summer 2020 yeah and this was during so Leslie facilitated um my yoga teacher training she's one of the facilitators and Leslie led us through a TRE session and like we integrated it into our training in a in a small capacity 
And this, so this was during COVID. So we did an outdoor tremor <laughs> in Victoria Park. And I was, t- I remember telling like Al, my partner Al about how we're doing this podcast and blah, 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 and how I tremored in the park. And he's like, I was kind of telling him like, yeah, you like tremor like with your kind of at your hips. He's like, wait, like you were all just laying in Victoria Park (laughs) (laughs) tremoring at your hips or was it Victoria Park? I think it was Knollwood. Yeah. In a public park. In a public park park outside. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's that's what we do. Um, (laughs) No, I remember it really well. And it was, I remember thinking like, is it going to work for me? Like I've never, I've never had an experience of tremoring like anywhere else in my body or maybe like in a small way but Mm -hmm. and then it was super easy like it just came on and I was shaking away (laughs) um and it felt so good like it really did it was very relaxing after and like it just my I do think that it like gave a similar kind of feeling of meditation or like slowing down and that feeling of like kind of peace afterwards that sounds nice yeah (laughs) Um, maybe we should just kind of talk about like how in a in a class or um, kind of what it looks like because I wonder if people are maybe wondering like I just mentioned oh yeah you tremor at your hips a little bit but like that might be a little confusing so do you want to just kind of take us through like briefly how like what the stretches are and then like the position for the tremoring position sure and I would preface it by saying like the exercises are drawn from a few different inspirations. So bioenergetics is one of them, something I have never tried, but is anyway in the kind of like lineage of TRE, mm-hmm. as well as some of them are like inspired by or drawn from yoga poses. And they each like target their own muscle and blah, blah, blah. And beyond that, they are a beautiful, interesting, enlivening purposeful thing to do but they are not strictly necessary Mm -hmm. so when I'm sharing TRV when I'm providing TRV with people some people are they like want to do the exercises because it is like presencing it's grounding it's like a way of paying a better attention to your body through the sensations that arise when you do the exercises and some people don't need to do them yeah so they're very optional when you do TRE and there's some providers out there in the world who advocate for just leaving them out altogether for most mm. people, unless they really need them. But in brief, yeah, the exercises are kind of like one example would be like a, a, a one foot at a time calf raise, just standing there on one leg, the other leg's just floating, lifting your heel up and down. So pretty simple stuff like that. And they go through your body kind of from your feet up, 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 up. But they focus a lot on the muscles around the thighs and hips and glutes and kind of like the deep core um, in the front of the pelvis. And after doing the exercises, the tremor kind of like is invited through a position that's laying on your back with your knees bent and your knees either pretty wide or pretty narrow maybe keeping the soles of your feet together, maybe putting your feet flat. That's kind of like the beginner, like where to start. It's very reliable Mm -hmm. and it sets you up to get your psoas muscle going. 
Okay, right. So that's why so many people experience the tremors in and around their hips and thighs and low belly first, because the exercises in the position are really like focusing on getting your psoas to tremor. And the point of that is that psoas, which is a muscle that goes down the front of your spine over your pelvis and attaches to your inner upper thigh bones, is uh, a muscle that squeezes and tightens and closes you up and rounds you into a little ball when you have like an involuntary like spook of something that scares you you would like curl up into a little ball and your psoas is one of the muscles that like pulls you in and curls you up but it can also be tensing in a similar way from lesser less urgent stresses or less intense stresses it could just be like pulling all the time (laughs) or in like a in a shortened a shortened position just from sitting so we get the psoas going and that's that's why most people will experience the the shimmies at the hips so yeah like some of the exercises are the most of the exercises are standing up some of them are like a one is intended to get you pretty tired it's a wall sit some is just a nice stretch a lot of people then kind of like transfer in their practice over to doing They'll just do a tremor. They'll give themselves a little bit of time to shake after any other physical exercise mm-hmm. or just at the end of the day, whether they did any exercise or not. Yeah. But and, and after you learn to tremor kind of like standard, reliable way, mm-hmm. you can tremor in any body position. Any oh, yeah. body position. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Also, I wonder too, if like once you are kind of more used to it and your body's more accustomed to it, if the tremor starts to like travel to other places in your body, not just the psoas muscle, like it starts to go wider. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So like (laughs) the psoas is like the reliable starting point. And some people need to tremor around their hips for a long time. That Mm -hmm. I was one of those people. I was just like lower body for a long time. Yeah. Um, And good. Like (laughs) I needed it. But uh, yeah, for sure. Anywhere in your body can tremor. Anywhere yeah. can tremor. Yep. You can make any shape that you've ever made or never made in your whole life when you're tremoring. Okay. Oh my any gosh. muscles, any patterns. Yeah. 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 I guess like every muscle is connected to your nervous system. So if you have trauma or tension there, it can tremor out. Although one thing I don't know and I'm curious about is whether the tremors would ever go to the parts of your body that are enervated by the different branches of your nervous system. Because what's happening with the tremor is that, for me anyway, it's a lot of like, you know, not my intestines. I don't I don't think my yeah. intestines are tremoring, <clears throat> but it's like the muscles that are going everywhere. Hmm, that's something that I want to look into. Yeah. So it's like, like mostly the somatic nervous system in terms of like body parts that are innervated by nerves that you could also choose to move if you wanted to. Like I right. could blink my eyes. But, you know, I've heard from another provider. She's like, I felt my optic nerve tremoring. Hmm. Maybe there's maybe there's depth and subtlety that I just haven't touched personally. Yeah. But for the everyday Joe, it's probably going to yeah. be more. Yeah. <laughs> The muscles that you can control. Yes. I think I was telling you the other day, I'm reading the book Breath by James James Nestor. James Nestor. Is that right? 
Yes, I think so. And, <laughs> and um, he was discussing how for a long time, people didn't think that you could control your diaphragm muscles um, <sighs> because it's technically part of the automatic nervous uh-huh. system. It's uh-huh. not under conscious control. And obviously you can control like your ribs and the muscles around it, but all of this um, research and specifically into like the fire breath um, where you're kind of over breathing. And that is to, you put yourself into this state of kind of like fight or flight, but it's intentional. Yep. And that stress on the nervous system, it's controlled stress. And then (laughs) blah, blah, blah. The point of it is, this research showed that you could actually control or use intention in the anatomic nervous system. So cool. Yeah. Kind of the same, the same idea, but anyways. <laughs> and the breath is the perfect place to, you know, make that bridge between the two, the oh, two oh, branches. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, it's the place that you can control consciously or unconsciously. Let's talk a little bit about at the beginning. You talked a little bit about the vagus nerve. And I think that plays a big part into the nervous system and TRE. And I know it's something that you are pretty um, well-versed on. So I'd like to hear kind of like your spiel. <laughs> I'm like, tell me about the vagus nerve. <laughs> well, the vagus nerve is like uh, famous and popular in the wellness world because mm-hmm. it enervates so many of your internal organs and it has different branches and the branches do different things and the vagus nerve was like already on people's radar, but then a researcher called Stephen Porges like kind of like busted open everyone's understanding of the nervous system with his research and his theory called the polyvagal theory, which is basically saying that you have these different branches of your vagus nerve, one called the ventral vagal, one called the dorsal vagal, and that they have different functions when they coordinate and they can each have dysfunction and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the vagus nerve is like touching all your yeah, touching all your organs including your heart and your lungs and all your digestive organs and your sex organs and that sort of thing. And most of the nerve pathways, like 80% of the nerve pathways that are going to your guts are sending information up. So there's like 20% of the nerve pathways are sending information down, like, mm-hmm. excuse me, intestines, keep going or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then 80, 80% of the pathways are sending information to your brainstem. And some of the nerve pathways of the vagus nerve go to the, no, they're in the brainstem. There's like two different spots in the brainstem, but in the brainstem. So yeah, 80% of the information going up being like, this is the state of affairs inside your body. And that information is, like, mostly beneath conscious awareness. But, like, you know if you have a stomachache. You know if you're bloated, that sort of stuff. But there's, like, obviously processes we don't need to know about consciously in order for them to work. And there they go, just carrying on um, inside your abdomen. But, um, yeah, the other part of the vagus nerve is enervating your throat and your ears and parts of your face. And is like very much about social interaction mm-hmm. and interpreting interpreting communication signals from other people and listening to voices and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So it's like 
a pretty broad stroke nerve, cranial nerve 10. Mm -hmm. Um, And people have different ideas about what makes a healthy vagus nerve and a responsive vagus nerve and different ideas about how you can influence the function of your vagus nerve. Um, Yeah, there's lots out there. Mm -hmm. Is the vagus nerve part of TRE or is that like something different? I would say like TRE is a general approach and it can't be, it can't really be made that specific to my knowledge. Okay. Um, So it like, it is, it is a bit of an exercise for your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And because it acts on your nervous system, it's acting on your vagus nerve because it's not separate, Mm -hmm. but there are like therapies out there that, say that they are acting on the vagus nerve directly. And there is such a thing as direct electrical stimulation of the vagus mm. nerve. Yeah. Cool. Which I don't really know much more about than than, than that. that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I did like a quick just Google search of TRE and it mm-hmm. said that one of the benefits is that like because it's a body practice as opposed to like traditional talk therapy, that it can sort of jump past the need to like get into like reactivate that emotional state and just kind of like get past that and get right into releasing that is that something that you found with it um that's a good question and it's hard to separate because I've always done talk therapy and journaling Mm, and like more like mind and emotion approaches to healing yeah. But that is that's like that is what TRE offers. It's not really like a jump and it's not saying oh you you shouldn't or don't need to do the like more intellectual or emotional work. Mm-hmm. Um but it's more saying like here's a way of addressing the tensions or the holding patterns or the wounds from the bottom up, from the body up, yeah. up to the psyche. And so it's just a different approach. And I think like I had done a lot of healing through different types of therapy and I didn't necessarily, like, I mean, looking back, I'm like, yep, still needs to do more work. And I'm sure in 10 <laughs> years, I'll say the same thing about right. present me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I was attracted to TRE more, f- I mean, certainly for healing reasons, but my initial benefits were all physical. Mm-hmm. I just was like feeling better in my body, my flexibility increased, tensions that had been like ever present. And I thought just, I thought that they were just the way my body was made, yeah. started to ease up slowly. And like, what what are some examples of that? Like, sure. Like, like range um, of motion? Exactly. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Range of motion. Yep. Oh, okay. So I had like considerable limits to hip extension, mm. like when laying flat, the back of my thighs were nowhere near the ground. Mm-hmm. My And like in backbending poses, I felt always so limited by my lack of hip extension. I had basically negative hip extension. Like I was stuck in a few degrees of hip flexion. Yeah. Always. So that started to ease up. Like after my very first time tremoring, I was laying on my back, tremored away. And then I went to like stretch my legs out long and mm-hmm. put them down. That's what you do at the end. Yeah. And... Normally, that would be accompanied by like 
a pull in my pelvis to tilt it forward, mm-hmm. an increase in the arch of my lower back and a sense of tightness in the front of my hips. Yeah. And as I stretched my legs out, they just like kept going and they went flat. And I was like, oh, is this how other people lay down? Oh. <laughs> it's so comfortable. Wow. That's so, so cool. That's that like was a big one. After one, like after your first time, you said? Yes. And of wow. course, like it'd be like getting a massage mm-hmm. where like, you know, you go back into your patterns and it comes back a little bit. Yeah. But over time, then it, then it, you know, it would build and stay. So it'd be like, I would push the meter five points and then I would like go back a few or whatever, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, that was a big one. And also um, hamstring, hamstring tightness, back of the thigh tightness. I was like yeah. just suffering and struggling in mm-hmm. all forward folds and hip hinging and that sort of thing. So like my, my like fluidity of movement and range of motion definitely increased. So it was like, that was to me, my story about that is that that's a very like gross level thing. Mm-hmm. It's like big muscles, superficial muscles, although psoas is not that it's quite deep, but like, anyway, it's big, mm-hmm. um, gross level of progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger structures in my body were holding a lot of tension. Yeah. And my initial long, long phase of TRE was about releasing those tensions. So I like never had an emotional experience. I couldn't have said like, I'm working on this traumatic thing from yeah. my past or whatever. Um, but other people don't have that journey and, and they seek out TRE. It's very unique. They seek out TRE because they're specifically looking to just add another way of helping themselves heal but then you don't always get what you think you're gonna get (laughs) even if even if you are like I want emotional healing TRE will be like actually your hips are tight though so we're gonna work on that for a while (laughs) but it's interesting because I feel like I've heard this in so many yoga practices and stuff and like spiritual practices saying that you know your body holds a lot of trauma in the hips and people will talk about I'm sure you've heard this like being a yoga instructor, people saying how they've had very emotional experiences and like hip openers. Uh-huh. And that's always people like either like love pigeon or hate it. Um, and I wonder if this is like kind of the beginning of science cracking open why there's so much trauma held in the hips. Kind of. Yeah. I think the like stock TRE answer would be like, it's your psoas. It's your psoas. <laughs> it's your psoas. Yeah. But like there's there's layers to that too. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to that. Hips, the, that area of your body can have so much meaning and significance and weight mm-hmm. and history and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely, it definitely just seems like TRE is an embodiment practice that has been maybe missing from healing for a really long time. And just in general, I think embodiment embodiment practices have not been integrated in healing. Um, and they finally kind of are. And people are being like, yeah, you need to, you know, you need to move your body and um, trauma stored in your tissues and blah, 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 blah. But we're not quite there. We're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it's yeah. like, yeah, we all agree, but like. But then like, what? Then what? <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. It's like, and how do you make sense of it? Yeah. Like, okay, I have mental health problems. You go to your, you go to a therapist and they're like, yeah, you should move your body a bit. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, wow, I do. <laughs> I like, walked here. <laughs> I walked here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I agree. These things are kind of finally getting sewed together. And I think 
that's why it's important to have these conversations. And there's people that probably could benefit from this practice that don't even know it exists. For sure. And I think, I think this is a very like white Western problem too. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. I think it's like very much about the like dissociation and disembodiment connected to white supremacy. And there's like many cultures that aren't so disconnected from their bodies as a general rule. Mm-hmm. Of course, individual variation is huge. Yeah. But it's like, I would say white culture, whiteness has this like, inheritance of like kind of dissociation from the lower body in particular and I would say like what TRE can offer people is deeper connection to the body as well Mm -hmm. so I think I think it's a bit confusing out there when you're like a person on a path trying to be well and you're like okay I'm gonna like I'm gonna do good things for my body because you've heard this message that like stress is stored in the body, trauma is stored in the body. It is confusing about what to do. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of like quick tips on the internet about that. And I think like Five a lot yoga of yoga poses to cure yeah. your anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Good. Great. Perfect. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Bam. Done. <laughs> a lot of what I end up doing with people is like re-educating about what different things are meant for Mm -hmm. when it comes to what TRE actually is and what it isn't. So like a lot of, I'm going to just call out like Instagram therapists and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing will say to like shake your body as a way of releasing stress, maybe they'll say. And like that is cool. That's a thing to like tremble on purpose and, and like stand there and shake it out, wobble around, oscillate your tissues. Yeah. Dance. <laughs> um, dance. Yeah. And that's like a, a good stimming strategy for neurodivergent folks. And it's a great like energizing strategy if you're feeling lethargic And it can be grounding for some people to like bring sensation to your body in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of people have come to TRE and they they've like heard about it and they've read about it and they know that it involves shaking, but they still think it's going to be voluntary shaking. Mm -hmm. Same thing as what they've seen on their favorite therapists, YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, where someone has described like, here's a stress reduction strategy, like shake your limbs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying at all that that's not helpful, that you shouldn't do that. It's just not the same thing as the tremoring that arises organically from your mind body organism. That's a really, that's a really good distinction. I don't know if we like specifically mentioned that, but so the tremors or the trembling that you get from TRE, it's, it's involuntary. So you're in this position and you're not trying to shake your legs or your psoas. It's just doing it. It's trembling. Just happening. Yeah. It's just happening. <laughs> it's like uh, you could relate it a little bit to like a shiver. Mm-hmm. No one, you're not really trying to shiver. Yeah. It just happens. Or other functions of your of your autonomic nervous system. It's like when you sneeze. Like you can mm-hmm. like set the conditions for a sneeze. Yeah. Or you can resist a sneeze, but ultimately the sneeze just happens. You can't, and you can't really fake a sneeze. Like you can try, but it's not the same. <laughs> People will know. Yeah, they will know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you could be in, so like the TRE position is kind of like a, let's say lying down, 
butterfly pose with your legs. And you could lie down in a butterfly pose and kind of shake your legs, but it feels very different. Yes. Yeah. 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 So for the people that you um, guide through TRE, do you typically do it like one-on-one or group or like, what is your... Mm -hmm. Right now I'm just doing one-on-one. Okay. Um, But I've done groups in the past and there's different reasons why somebody might want to do either one mm-hmm. and different benefits to doing either one. Yeah. I love both. One-on-one can feel like great for some people who are like unsure and feeling vulnerable or who are, who have like maybe some limitations or some needs that I wouldn't be able to address properly in a group or who want to like have a lot of, you know, space holding and yeah and yeah and like relational contact Mm -hmm. and in a group that responsibility is a little bit more shared like ultimately I'm the space holder I'm kind of like witness to everybody and there to like scoot around and check in with who needs it Um, but the circle of practice also creates the a container for holding everybody mm-hmm. um which you a little bit experienced that day in the park and yeah. and <laughs> then in that situation like the park was also part of the container and the trees were also holding the container it was really nice doing it outside yeah it was yeah I love TRE outside mm-hmm. there's like a very strong tradition of doing TRE in the park in the I think it's well anyway some kind of municipal or provincial body called Brasilia hmm. in Brazil I think really? it's a province, but maybe it's kind of like a special status province, like DC. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have TRE in the park like all the time. Really? It's super popular yes. there. Yes. Yeah. Mm. TRE in different countries is a different thing altogether than TRE yeah. in Canada. It's good. Um, like, I'd never heard of it. I'd never even heard of it until I was introduced to it through YTT. And then like I've slowly seen it popping up other places, but it's crazy how, yeah, things can be so popular in other places. And it's like, like with all the connection through social media and everything, and I've got all this stuff at my fingertips. It's like, how did I not see that? I know it's not. not it's just under the radar still in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna change that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cass. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of touched on the differences of doing it like in person and, or sorry, in a singular group setting, and I think that's kind of like anything. You know, there's there's different benefits and different people will want different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what do you, is there a recommendation for like the amount that you should do it? Um, like what are the kind of, what do you recommend for that? Yeah. The standard recommendation is to do it a few times a week, like mm-hmm. maybe two or three times a week, um, for like ma- maximum 15 minutes. Okay. And that is going to be way too much for some people. Mm-hmm. And that's like part of what my job is as a provider is to help people kind of learn together what's the right amount. But this, but the like standard, if you're like not working on a big trauma, if you're just like trying TRE is like two or three times a week for 15 minutes. Um, And after that though, that you can also increase the amount or you can increase the frequency and that sort of thing. Yeah. And the important thing about it is like, including time to integrate anything that shifted mm-hmm. when you did your practice and like just being honest with yourself about if there's, if too much is, is getting changed at once. 
And like, when you say too much, like what would, in your experience and maybe your um, client's experiences, what would too much be? Like, how would that come? Yeah. Too much in the moment Mm -hmm. could be like, if your body is moving so intensely that you're just getting tired. (laughs) Yeah. So like sometimes the tremors can express like really strong and you're like a little piece of bacon in a hot pan. You're just like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just going. <laughs> so then that might be, and that's it's fully individual. That might be too much. Or in the moment, also, like, because TRE is something that's happening to your body, it's happening to your nervous system, it's an expression of your whole self. Mm-hmm. Emotion can arise. It's not necessarily going to, but let's say, like, you get into your tremors and a wave of emotion kind of rumbles up for some people that might be too much right and it's like not to say that you should tamp down on emotional expression or that you should let everything just rip it's like a pretty dynamic learning process to find Mm -hmm. out what's the right amount in a given moment so it could also be that's another reason to 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 identify like oh i'm gonna do a little bit less yeah and then in the longer term too much the signs of too much would be like really disrupting your sleep or just like preventing you from living and being your being healthy like yeah and and functioning in your in your life so sometimes people experience a greater amount of like openness or tenderness or rawness mm-hmm. after TRE like for like the, yeah the rest of the day the next day that kind of thing and some increased tenderness is lovely mm-hmm. and good and connects you with people around you. But there's probably a threshold there beyond which it feels like that's a bit too much. Like, yeah. I don't want to cry for every reason. <laughs> um, and like, I've, I've done that and I've found out like, oh, okay, that w- I was tremoring a little much. bit too regularly or for too long or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the signs. And like some people will feel they're it'll it'll be um dysregulating in some other way. Like they might not express a sensitivity, but irritability. Or yeah. um it might be like they aggravated an injury. Mm-hmm. And that means like, you know, like the tremors are working on that body area, but you want the right dose. I guess it's yeah. just like anything, right? Like if you are just beginning weightlifting, you don't want to just like go so hard exactly. that, but you need to do enough that you're actually <laughs> going to be getting stronger or whatnot if you're exactly working to recalibrate or balance or release your nervous system then if you go too far one way yeah yeah you're, you're not healing signs. you're just stressing yourself out yeah yeah oh it's so fascinating yeah I feel like we've pretty much covered like the basis of T- TRE I think on a roller coaster ride <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody is like interested in TRE or wants to try TRE in the community, how can they find you or find the classes or whatnot? Yeah, the best way to kind of start to decide or like to make contact would be through uh, the branches website under the the TRE page. And Mm -hmm. that would be like, a way to for people to suss me out a little bit further yeah, and like creep. get to know what get to know what the options are. Yep. And just as like tension release exercise on the branchesyoga.com website. Yeah. 
And usually um, what I'll do is like meet with folks for a 20 minute meet and greet to just talk about their intentions and what I can offer them mm-hmm. and to, and to build trust as well yeah. um, as like a therapeutic presence. It's mm-hmm. good for people to feel safe and familiar and um, at ease around me. If they don't, it's not going to offer them very much healing. Yeah. Yeah. Safety. Safety is so important. I feel mm-hmm. like you can't really do anything if you don't feel safe. Nothing. Like it just won't be. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to go. Yeah. The prerequisite. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, through, through the branches and I have like a couple of windows during the week that are dedicated to being available for TRE time and probably pretty soon I'll be opening up some groups again, but right now just doing one-on-one. And as far as I know, there aren't any other TRE providers in the region, which is a bit of a bummer because I want to talk shop mm-hmm. um, in person with my like, fellow. This is TRE too much people. of a niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was one person, but then they moved out west, and there's like way more TRE providers in BC, as you can imagine. It's mm-hmm. like such yeah. a stereotype. And of stereotype course, everyone's barefoot, shaken yeah. in BC. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and like a lot of providers do also offer online sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if I end up not being like the right person for somebody, then there's like a great network of referral in in the country and internationally as well to find somebody. Do you ever that... do? Um, sorry to interrupt. Do you ever do online like virtual sessions for yourself, or has it mostly been in person? Yeah, I have, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I limit myself. I limit. Well, you could. I could have just done none. Could have just not done it. Yeah. I limit myself to doing one-on-one sessions online, but there are uh, providers out there who would host a group online. I currently don't feel like I have the type of presence or capacity to do that for anybody who's not already pretty experienced in their Mm -hmm. TRE practice. Yeah. So yeah, online is also an option as well as in person. And they have, of course, just like anything, there are different uh, pros and cons. Yeah. According to someone's needs. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah. Oh, amazing. And if anybody ever wants to find Leslie and I on a Thursday at noon, you can find us flowing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at the branches. That's <laughs> the... yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's, I think we've covered everything. Any cool. final words of wisdom, any message that you want to share with the people? Ooh, I think like if someone listening feels inspired to try TRE, like there's ways to try it without hooking up with a provider mm-hmm. and getting that guidance one-on-one there's books there's dvds etc if you go search you'll find like a warning on david's video like you should work with a provider if xyz i would say the the gifts of tre unfold continuously over time over mm-hmm. a long-term practice mm-hmm. so it's like it's like a yoga practice it's like a meditation practice it's like in the moment you do it and you may or may not have a benefit that in that moment. People who practice meditation, I would say, or if you've had any meditation practice, it's like, yeah, sometimes you have a hard meditation and you're like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. But you know that over time with yoga, it's a little bit more like, yeah, I feel good after yeah. doing a bunch of poses. With TRE, it can go either way. Some people always have that immediate feeling of like more peacefulness or more groundedness every time they practice. Mm-hmm. Um, some people not so much, but in any case, the message is that it's a long-term project yeah. um, and the benefits 
kind of don't stop. They don't stop if you continue to practice. They deepen. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if people who are curious, of course, try it out. Give it the old college try. Like yep. maybe commit to doing it for a little while and really pay attention and and give yourself reflective space to yeah. to to notice how is this impacting you and is it impacting you in the way that you thought it was going to or is it having different impacts and i would say committing over the long term over years has been a huge gift yeah. so I know that's like (laughs) when someone wants to try something, it's like, and are you going to do this for years or? Yeah, what are you thinking? Sounds like a a lot, but. It's like anything really, like you're not going to, you know, get any crazy profound experiences if you journal once, you know, you're not going to build, you kind of have to build a relationship with things, you know? Exactly. If you want to practice yoga if you want to start a TRE practice if you want to start eating more nutritious food you're not going to feel well actually sometimes you do feel better after one meal but really you're not gonna you got to give things a a try (laughs) yes yeah so that's that's my one message I guess that's a good as you pointed out it's like true for so many things Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the long-term journey is where it's at totally yeah okay well thank you so so much for being here Leslie Thanks for having me on and making me feel special and important. And, um, you know, I love talking about TRE. Yeah, I'm sure I'll have you back on in the future at some point. Um, I look forward to listening to everyone else now answer your opening questions. Yes, (laughs) I know. They're they're fun. Okay. Okay, Have a great day. Bye, Cass. You too. Bye. Thank you so much to each and every one of you who took the time to listen to this episode. It means so much to me. If you could take a second to rate and review the podcast, that would be much appreciated. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if you'd like to connect, send me a message, send me a DM. I'm here to chat. Okay. Love you. Bye.